Romans chapter 12, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. We're going to read Romans chapter 12 and the first five verses here and then share our message from the Word of God. Romans 12, verse number 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. I want to come back because I've been on this phrase of Scripture at the end of verse number 1, and I know that many here could probably quote these two verses maybe. If you've been in church any length of time, we go over these verses. But yet where he says, which is your reasonable service. And I just want to preach a simple thought this morning on this subject matter. It's just reasonable. How many of us have ever said something mainly in relationship maybe to a price that's been given to us? If we're trying to buy something, we would say, well, that's reasonable. Or if someone's going to do something, well, that's reasonable. Well, what the Lord Jesus is looking at us here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul is presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable. Let's have a word of prayer and then I'll preach a message. Father, we love you. Lord, I'm thankful that you allow us and give us the opportunity to be able to serve you. And Lord, I pray throughout this morning, Lord, as we remember sacrifices that have been made over the years, Lord, for the freedoms that we hold dear to us today, Lord, I pray we would examine our own hearts and lives about our sacrifice for the Lord. And may you be honored and glorified now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. It's just reasonable. Set in the context of Scripture, we understand in the previous chapters of Scripture, and I'll not uh, delve into this too deeply today, but God has brought the local church into existence and explains it here throughout Romans chapter number 11 and given us the opportunity to be able to serve Him and the privilege of being the ones that God is using today to be able to spread the gospel around this world for souls to be saved. Aren't you thankful that God's given us the Word of God, and God's given us hope for all those that are around us. You know what I'm praying, and I know um, each and every one of you, we think about tragedies that take place across our nation, and uh, some that have taken place this week. My first thought is, yes, the sorrow and the grief for the families that are there, but I wonder if anybody ever had the opportunity to be able to go by and to be able to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with those families. That grandmother that was shot down in Texas this week before that tragedy took place, and that was just the beginning of the tragedy. I thought, you know, she underwent surgery shortly after that, and she's recovering in the hospital. And I said, I wonder if someone will be able to go in. And I prayed, God, would you put a pastor 
in their path or someone to be able to go by and to be able to share the love of the Lord Jesus Christ on how he died on Calvary for us. We think about sacrifices at this time of year. We have a weekend, and specifically tomorrow, that a time has been set aside to be able to remember those that have paid the ultimate sacrifice. And I'm thankful for every man and woman that over the history of our nation has laid down their lives voluntarily and willingly for us to be able to hold our freedoms so dear to us. And we say that that is the ultimate sacrifice, but then when we come over here to Romans, when it talks about laying our life, our bodies down as a living sacrifice, he doesn't say that is the ultimate sacrifice. He says that is your reasonable service. It's just reasonable. Now, we understand here in looking at the context of Scripture that when he begins talking about a sacrifice that is being made, may remind us that the Jewish nation understood exactly what was taking place with the wording of sacrifices being made. In fact, if you study throughout the Bible, it's at least 250 times throughout the Scriptures that at least some form of the word sacrifice is made. It starts all the way back in the book of Genesis where Jacob were to make a sacrifice and to be able to invite his brethren to be able to come and eat and to be able to be together there. And so we understand sacrifices that have been made, but most of the time as we look at a sacrifice in the Bible, it is something actually that is being offered and it is going to be killed upon the altar for that to be a sacrifice. So they would understand the culture and the context in which a sacrifice being offered. But I often wonder, as we look at this passage of Scripture, when the word living was added to the word sacrifice, that God is not requiring when he looks at us and says, I desire for your bodies to be a sacrifice. He is not saying that we come and lay our lives on the altar like they did with the Old Testament animals and that animal would be killed. But he's saying not die for him, but he's saying I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want your bodies. Now, let me remind us when he says your bodies, a living sacrifice, nowhere throughout the Bible do we start seeing as some pagan religions and cults would do today that they talk about sacrificing a soul or a spirit. God's never asked us to sacrifice like that, but he is saying, I want you to present a living sacrifice one that is living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we think about a sacrifice, and may I say it would be so wonderful today if there was a group of Christians that would actually say, God, my body, my physical being is a living sacrifice for you. In other words, when that sacrifice was placed on the altar, there was no reserve. There was nothing that was held back. Listen, that was 100% commitment when you laid that sacrifice on the altar. 
It was not any reserve that was held back and saying, listen, I'm laying this lamb on the altar for a sacrifice, but I want to be able to keep this part of it. No, it was complete surrender when giving as a sacrifice. May I also remind us that when we get to the point of presenting as a sacrifice, that there was no expectation that when we give that sacrifice, that we're going back to the house and there's going to be 10 more just like it to be able to replenish that. A sacrifice was something that was given and in the hearts and the mind of those that were given it, that sacrifice was gone. There was no return, but it was worth it in their relationship with the Lord God Almighty to be able to bring this sacrifice. Now, as we set that context of Scripture, by way of introduction, we understand that God's not looking for us to lay our lives on the altar and, and to have, I, I won't get into all the details for a Sunday morning crowd of how they killed the sacrifices in the Old Testament and what took place with all of them. That's not what God's looking for. For ours, He's saying, I want you to li- I live in sacrifice. I want you each and every day of your life, listen, not just your spirit and not just your soul to be given to the Lord to be able to honor and glorify Him, but I want your bodies to be presented. In other words, a complete package. Everything that we are from the outward appearance to the inward condition of our spirit and our soul to be presented to the Lord Jesus Christ as a living sacrifice. Completely abandoning all desires and wishes and goals that we have in life and being willing to say, God, whatever it is that you have for me. Now, as we look at this matter of a sacrifice and it's just reasonable to be able to do things, to do this for the Lord, I want us to look at four different areas of Scripture that we look at here in these first five verses, things that God showed to me about this offering of our bodies as a living sacrifice. First of all, I want you to see that it's motivated by the mercies of God. It is motivated by the mercies of God. He starts off in verse number one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, and that word therefore, you go back to the previous chapters of Scripture because God has saved us and God has brought the gospel to us and we are saved today. I beseech you or I beg you, I implore you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, those of us that are saved, those of us that have the the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and eternal salvation salvation in our souls. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now you think about, and just take some time this morning to be able to meditate upon the mercies of God that have been bestowed upon us. Do you understand that mercy It does differ from grace. They're not just interchangeable terms as we look at it. But mercy is not receiving what we deserve. Not receiving what we deserve. And I'm not asking for a show of hands, but uh, how many have ever stood before a judge in the court of law? Don't put your hands up. In fact, hold that chair real, real tight. See your hand don't get up. Don't even smile at me. Don't shake your head. I'll be watching. Stood before a judge. And you know what the book says. That's why we get the term uh, through the book, Adam. We know what the book says. And we know what could be coming our direction. We know that he would have every 
right or she would have every right to pronounce judgment and give the maximum sentence because as soon as the gavel comes down and said guilty, there's no more discussion on it. And you know what those that do standing before that judge, whatever they may say, they may stand up and say, Your Honor, I plead the mercies of the court. You know what they're saying at that time? Please don't give us everything that we deserve. Now listen, I've had to, and I brought this up the other day, I've had to stand before a judge one time in my life. One time in order to be judged. I've been in a courtroom other times. But to stand before a judge one time, and now y'all wondering what it's for, huh? I got 20 to life. No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. I got 30 days of losing my license because in the first month of having my driver's license as a 16-year-old, I passed a school bus with flashing lights. Oh, come on. There's some of y'all done a whole lot worse than that. And sure enough, they showed up. I had to go before the judge. And, and I didn't say, judge, I plead mercy, but I did stand there. And he says, how do you plead? I said, I guess I'm guilty. I said, but I can't tell you whether the lights were flashing or not. The way that I turned, I was beside and I could plead my case all day long. I was beside the bus, didn't see the front, didn't see the back. I said, but if they say the lights are on, I said, the lights were on. And uh, what was I doing? I was just trying to be honest. I was pleading for mercy. He could have done a whole lot worse. He gave me minimum fine and took my license for 30 days because that's a law. They, they had to. But I thought, you know, when it comes to the Lord, how many of us are so thankful for the mercies of God in our lives? What if God were to bestow upon us or pile upon us today everything that we absolutely deserve because of our sin? There's not a one of us that would be able to stand before an almighty God. Not a one of us would have any excuse to be able to plead our case and say, listen, I'm begging for mercy. Not a one of us would have any standing whatsoever. But I'm so thankful that because of His grace, and can I say that mercy is just a manifestation of the grace of God. Grace is giving us what we don't deserve, and mercy would fall into that category. We do not deserve mercy today. Because guess what? When it comes to this matter of sin, guilty. Every one of us, guilty. And so when we begin to think that the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, is saying, listen, present your bodies a living sacrifice. The basis and the motivation for that is the mercies of God. Because God has not given us everything that we deserve. He said it's just reasonable for you to present your bodies. It's just reasonable because, listen, if I got what I deserve today, then I would be eternally separated from God in a place called hell and then later on the lake of fire. I'd be eternally separated. I would have the judgment of God poured upon me. Do you understand? Jesus took care of that on the cross. My judgment was poured upon Jesus. 
And you know what I received instead? I received grace. No, I, I received mercy. He said, hey, that was for you, but Jesus took it. He took my place. And as we think about the mercies of God, listen, what better reason for us to be able to say, God, here's my life. God, everything that I am, everything that I think, not just my spirit and my soul, not just my emotions, not just outward actions, but God, my very body is yours. Holding back no reserve. Saying, God, it's all yours, whatever you want it to do. Now listen, I can't say that... <coughs> One of my greatest uh, desires in life when I was a little kid, now God called me to preach when I was eight years old. I, I knew I'd be standing up. But I can't say that it's, it's always my, my funnest thing to be able to do. Someone walked up to me and said, you know, I still get nervous when I get behind the pulpit. I said, so do I. I said, it's just God's grace and God's mercy. I said that we're able to get up there. I said, but that's what God wants us to do. And I said, it's by his mercies. And I said, when I think about what he's done for me, when I think about what he's done for my family, when I think about what he's held back and has not poured upon me, I say, Lord, by the mercies of God, I'm presenting my body. But then I say this, not just is it motivated by mercies, but look what he said here about this living sacrifice, that she presents your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable Unto God, unto God. As I read down through there, and especially that word present, and the word holy, and the word acceptable, I wrote down and I thought, not only is it motivated by mercies, but I said it's marked by selflessness. Selflessness. Do you know what it is when we have a present that we're willing to give someone else? And I don't know if you've ever done this. There's been times I have that you buy a gift for someone else and, and secretly in your heart you're saying, I wish that was for me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty nice tool that we're getting ready to give to them. That's a, that's a pretty nice whatever it may be. Colt 45. Anyway, I mean, I, 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 that's, just, that's just pretty nice. I mean, but listen, when we come back to the word of God, he's saying, listen, I want you to present your bodies. This is a selfless act because God knows this about humanity. God knows we're selfish. God does. That's why he said, listen, when we start looking at the commandments, he says, listen, I want you to love your neighbor. What's the comparison he gives? as yourself because he knows that we're going to love this person that we look at in the mirror every day we know that he knows that this is still going to be number one but when we take who we are and what we are and say god i'm presenting this to you based upon the mercies that you bestowed upon me boy you talk about selfless god my life is yours it's one of the songs in our songbook my life is yours lord to control and God, I'm placing it in your hands. Someone once said this, and I don't have a blank piece of paper, but I got this one here. Someone once said this and encouraged me when I was younger. Said, Peter, just take a blank piece of paper and sign your name to the bottom of it and say, God, my life is yours. You fill in the blank. Whatever you want for it. And I said, Lord, I said, this comes back to the sacrifice that's being made. Now listen, this differs from the sacrifice that has been made for our nation around this world. Now, yes, it's selfless, and they lay down their life for us. We call that the ultimate one. This is just a reasonable service. But it's marked by selflessness. You know the number one reason 
that I do not present my body regularly to the Lord and say, God, whatever you want, it's because it's selfishness. Because what if God says, okay, here's what I want for it. What if, young person, God were to say, okay, I want your body to serve me over in Africa. I want your body to serve me in Asia. I want you to go to this remote island. And then we're saying, oh, no, I can't do that. Here in a couple weeks, I just got a phone call uh, or a text message from Brother Eric Peters, one of our missionaries with the Rock of Ages. And he's driving all the way up here because he has to get his picture taken for the file down here in Rhode Island. And I said, well, you at least ought to come and see the church while you're up here and be able to report back to us. And he said this, today his daughter, and to him and, and Miss Susan, more importantly, their grandbabies, are moved over to Indonesia. As missionaries, we support them. They're on the field. They moved over there in January and are starting to work over in Indonesia. But he said this, when God had called their children to, to head over to Indonesia and put that desire upon their heart to be able to go. He said, now I have to live out what I've been preaching all these years of, listen, you don't just follow your kids and grandkids everywhere around the world. He said, God wants me to stay right here, but wants their body physically over in Indonesia. And sometimes it hinders us from saying, God, here's everything that I am because we're a selfish people. And being able to say, God, my life is yours if you'll use it in this area and that area and maybe this area here. Can I say my first thought when we were living down in Cleveland, Tennessee, my, my first thought was not moving to Concord, New Hampshire. Not because I didn't like the city, not because I didn't like the state. I hadn't spent more than five hours in Concord. Seriously, I hadn't. And those five hours, it was not a good taste in my mouth. You say, why is that? Uh, it's because I brought my wife for Black Friday shopping at the mall back when we had something up here. That was, that was my whole taste and experience of being in Concord, New Hampshire, was at 3.30 in the morning standing in line the day after Thanksgiving so I could be a placeholder for my wife to be able to get that gift card that nobody else was going to get when we walked in the store at 4 o'clock. And I did it with a smile on my face, enjoyed it with her, but that was my experience in Concord. Might not have been my first, my, my first thought, but I'm so thankful God did put it on our hearts. And I'm so thankful. You know what God was saying? Hey, if your spirit and your, and your soul are mine, what about your body? And where does he want it? Present it to him. Listen, and I'm so thankful, divine will of God, 100%, but a reasonable service is marked by selflessness. I wonder what it is in our lives that we hold back from the Lord and say, Lord, well, I'd never do that. I'd never go there. Don't even think about causing me to move. I mean, we had snow up here. I'm thankful. I, I love the winter. I have no problem with it whatsoever. I'm thankful for all that God's doing. But you know something? I, I, I believe and I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I hope I have the same attitude. If he would have said, and I'm thankful he didn't, if he would have said, I want you to move to Africa. 
I want you to move to the Philippines. You know why? Because when it comes to our bodies, uh, it's our reasonable service. It's just reasonable to say, Lord, it is yours. But then I noticed this. He goes on and many times we concentrate on verses one and two. And I could preach another whole series of messages and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We could preach that entire thing down through there. But I thought also of this because I, I kept going, and here's where God was speaking to my heart through all of this. It's just reasonable to present our bodies a living sacrifice, but this sacrifice is ministered in humility. Isn't it interesting right after he comes in verses 1 and 2 and talks about us being able to present our bodies, he comes to verse number 3 and says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. And I thought, what a, what a context of Scripture. Because sometimes, here's what we say. Maybe you don't, but here's what I say. Well, God, I'm too good for that. Well, God, I, I, don't, think, I don't think you'd want me doing that. I mean, do you understand the degrees I have hanging on my wall? I mean, God, I, I can't do that. No, what God is saying is present your bodies a living sacrifice and this is inclusive of every one of us in the body of Christ and don't think yourself too highly. Well, no, God would never ask me to do that. He just may. Just to be able to get us to the point of saying, listen, get some humility in your life. I told you, I believe we live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth, but can I say one of our greatest downfalls is that five-letter word called pride. We're the greatest nation on the face of the earth, and we know it. Now listen, I'm thankful for America. You won't find someone more patriotic. I'm thankful for it. But I'm saying when we get too prideful, God still hates pride. And we ought not to. We're not above the service. What if God asked you to do something? What if God put upon your heart that you physically had to do? I'm not talking about spending more time in prayer, not spending more time in the Bible. We ought to be doing those things. But what if God said, hey, I do want you to come by and get a weed whacker and be able to start trimming outside. Oh, God, that's, that's, I'll, I'll do anything. Put me up in front of people. I mean, I'm a pretty good speaker. God, I can do that. Or digging out there and, and pulling weeds out of the garden. Or maybe coming alongside, I'm thankful for those that clean our bathrooms. For those that, that sweep and mop the floor, you say, oh, no, I'm, I'm above that. Get me something a little bit more glamorous to be able to do. It's just reasonable for us to be able to present our bodies a living sacrifice and say, God, whatever it is that you have for me physically to do, listen, it's ministering in humility. Ministering in humility. I'm just thankful. You know, I still get a thrill when I walk up and put the key in the door of Granite State Baptist Church, I still get excited. I'm thankful for it. You say, why? Because, listen, there was a day eight and a half years ago we didn't have this. Someone else unlocked the doors for us down at the Grapponi Center. The chairs were all set up. Someone took care of that. We never had to vacuum a floor. We never had to mop a floor. We never had to clean a bathroom. Never had to do any of that. But we also didn't have any place to be able to meet and to be able to come and pray throughout the week and to be able to sit down and be able to fellowship and have a fellowship hall and be able to brew our own pot of coffee. We had to go down and get Starbucks every Sunday afternoon. We didn't have that. I still get a thrill when I walk up and I put a key inside the door and I'm saying, Lord, this is ours. 
I said, we get this. And listen, I'm not above it. I still get a thrill when I pull out a vacuum cleaner, honestly. Say, God, I'm just thankful you've given us a building. <laughs> I'm thankful we have a rug inside the building that I can run a vacuum over and I can help mop and I can help clean. I'm thankful for it. Ministered in humility. When we say, God, here's my, not just my soul, I'm giving it to you, my spirit, my emotions, everything that I am, but God, here's my body. It's just reasonable to be able to say, God, here it is, and minister in humility on a regular basis. But then I want to remind us of this. I want to remind us that we're membered in one body. Do you realize it's, it's no bigger of a sacrifice for me to present my body to the Lord for whatever He wants as it is for you to present your body to the Lord for whatever He wants? I was having this conversation just over a week ago. I was sitting down with a young man doesn't come to the church here or anything, and I said, you know, I said, here's how I view it around Granite State Baptist. I said, there's, there's a whole bunch of members at Granite State Baptist. I said, but you know something? Just because I'm behind the pulpit, I said, doesn't make me more important than anybody else. And I said, we're all members of the same body. I said, some are hands, some are feet, some are thumbs, some are toes, some are legs, some are eyeballs, some are ears. That's how the Bible describes it. And we understand that, but can I say this? There's only one head, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's the difference, is that even though we're all membered together, the Bible goes right into then having gifts differing. And so it's just the gifting and the position that God has me in as the body of Christ here, as different from a position that God has you in for the body of Christ. You say, well, we can operate without a pastor. Well, not completely according to the Scripture. There's, there's a part that's missing. But can I say this? A pastor's nothing without a people that's sitting there. And I thank the Lord for it. We're membered together. And we ought not to think of ourselves more highly. We ought to start understanding that everything that God has done for us, He's put us in the body. He saved our soul. It ought to humble us on the mercies of God that have been bestowed upon us and be able to say, God, here is my body that I'm presenting to you. Do you understand that is what has taken place for us to be able to have such a day as this? May I say that's what the empty boots symbolize right down front here is a soldier that will no longer put their boots on because they've paid the ultimate sacrifice. Do you know what they've done? Now, I'll say this, they didn't physically dive in front of me to be able to take that bullet or to be able to cover that grenade or to be able to take that blast from that bomb, but symbolically they have stood between the enemies of America and me. And they've laid down their life, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. Brother Matthew Frank, I, I wish I had the opportunity to be able to get in the car and drive down there. They're stopping tomorrow. He's preaching in, in uh, North Carolina this morning. I'm not sure which town. And then he's in Bassett, Virginia tonight. And then he's stopping by Arlington Cemetery tomorrow for the 12 o'clock ceremony that they have there at the changing of the guard in the tomb of the unknown soldier. I don't know if you've ever driven through there. There is a slight picture, and that just shows a little bit of it on the front of our bulletin. 
But I'll say this, if you ever want to stand there and be so solemn and sober, is just go drive through there and just look for acres and thousands of feet in every direction and see those that have given their life in defense of this nation. And I thought, Lord, if you'd allow us to be able to remember that, but listen, that's what's been required for us to have the freedoms today. But you know what's required by God? To be able to spread the gospel around this world, it's not laying your life down to die, but it's actually laying it down as a living sacrifice and saying, God, my life is yours. What is it in our lives today that we would say, hey, this is the part that I'm holding back because I'm too good for this over here. I'm too good for that. Listen, Jesus laid his life down for us. Do you understand the ultimate sacrifice that's ever been made? is not just for freedom here in this temporal life, but it is the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ made on the cross. And he didn't have to. Remember what the Bible says, greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And he went on a little bit further and said, henceforth I call you not servants, but I call you friends. And the Lord Jesus Christ, about 2,000 years ago, walked up Calvary's Mount... And I believe laid his life down on that cross. Why? Because there was a sin problem that each and every one of us had. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, listen, I'm saying it's not religion that's going to get you to heaven. If religion could get you to heaven and you say, well, I'm a member of the church, doesn't matter. God's not going to ask you church membership when you get to heaven. You say, well, I've done all these good works and, and uh, boy, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm really ahead on these good works. They're outweighing my bad works. You know, that's wonderful, except for twice in the Bible, the Bible says not by works. Now, it's just enough when he says it once, but when he says it twice that it's not by works, you say, well, how in the world do I get there? If I can't show up to heaven and show him my, my truckload of good works, then I have no hope whatsoever. Sure you do. Because that's why Jesus died on the cross for us. That's why he died, that's why he was buried, and that's why he rose again. Is to be able to provide eternal salvation for each and every one of us. You say, well, I don't know about that. Hey, if you can get to heaven by your sacrifice and your good works, then why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why did he have to suffer? Why did he have to go through all of that humiliation? Why did he do that if I can earn my way there? Because the truth is, outside of Bible salvation, there is no way to heaven. There is no way to the Lord. And Jesus has laid down his life for us. Listen, he was the only one that was required to die. And today he's saying, don't die for me. Would you live for me? Now we can give the earthly example. You know what I try to do each and every day? I, I try to live worthy and appreciative for those that have paid the sacrifice for me to have the freedom to stand here and preach the Word of God. I, I try to live in a way that's, that's honoring and respectful to my nation. But can I say this more than that? Jesus died for my eternal soul. 
And you know what he's saying is, listen, would you live your life, live your life as a sacrifice for the Lord Jesus Christ because of what he did for us, because of his mercies, because of what he's bestowed upon us? Would you lay down your life as a sacrifice, unreserved and say, God, I'm not going to hold back this part. I'm not going to say, this is my little corner here, a living sacrifice. It's just reasonable for us to do that. You say, why is that? Well, let me ask you this. When you weigh out the sacrifice we make to the sacrifice that Jesus made, There's no comparison, none whatsoever. And that's why I believe if we get a good understanding of what Jesus did for us on the cross, there's no sacrifice too great. Well, pastor, would you pack up and move to Concord, New Hampshire, if that's what Jesus has? And that's what we did. And I'm thankful. There's no sacrifice. Pastor, would you have packed up and moved to Africa if that's what Jesus wanted? But I'm thankful he didn't. <laughs> I see our missionaries up there in the Northwest Territory, Taktayaktaka or wherever it is up there on the Arctic Ocean up there. I'm so thankful that God's called them up there and not me. I'll go visit them sometime. I pulled it up when we walked into Wendy's and I bought them a four for four after church on that night. And I pulled it up and I said, how far is it? And I pulled up the city. It was exactly 5,000 miles of a drive to be able to get up to where they're at. And I'm saying, Lord... I'm so thankful I'm in Concord. But I wonder what it is that God may speak to your heart and life about and say, hey, this is what he wants for you. And you're not willing to sacrifice that. You're not willing to say, I'll be a living sacrifice. Or maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior. I'm not asking about if you joined Granite State Baptist Church or any other church. I'm talking about if you've accepted the sacrifice that Jesus made for your soul. It's of his mercies. Motivated by that. Everything that we do ought to be motivated. I didn't even talk about not being conformed to this world, being transformed by the renewing of our minds. So much more in this passage of Scripture. Sacrifice. It's just reasonable. It's just reasonable. 